part to play in making society work and bringing order. See, the world's culture applies a different set of values to work with the idea that some work isn't as valuable as others. But when we look at work from God's perspective, we can see that there is critical value in all kinds of legitimate work, whether paid or unpaid, because each aspect of work benefits and serves the society that God has placed us in. So last time I spoke, um, I spoke about us coming into this new era of what God is doing, and I believe that God wants to reposition our thinking and our understanding about work. So let's pray. Now, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you have placed us in community. You have given us skills. You've given us abilities. Lord, I just pray that you help us to understand the part that we play in the communities that you've placed us in, which help us to know your plan for our lives and how we're to work. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, work is often seen as a as something that gets in the way of things that we'd rather be doing, you know? It's seen as a necessary evil sometimes. In fact, our culture today promotes the idea of us doing as little as possible and having as much fun as possible. But we've heard that God created the world that requires work to work. In our society, God has made provisions for those who cannot truly work. But God calls us to participate in work if we are able In fact, the Bible speaks really clearly about those who refuse to participate. This is what he says in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 13. So Paul is talking to the church. He says, yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. Ouch. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Thanks. So here, Paul is talking about those who refuse to work, not those who cannot work. So he's essentially saying, come on, you've got a part to play. You cannot refuse to be involved in society. You cannot refuse to be involved in what God is doing. Throughout the Bible, God calls his people to work, to tend to the society he created. As I said earlier, it doesn't always mean paid work. But the fact is, God designed humans to outwork his creative power through relationship with him. And if you're a Christian, God has taken possession of your life to be in relationship with him and participate in society and advance his kingdom. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, how do we respond to the truth that God has good works for you to do as his handiwork? See, God created us to be active part in society in all the different ways possible through work in all its forms, including through the community and relationships. In a couple of weeks' time, we will get to chapter 3 of Genesis. And we'll hear how through man's wrongdoing, sin came into the world and, and broke the relationship between God and man. And outside of relationship with God, we don't have the clarity about our purpose because it's out of intimacy with God that we truly find it. Therefore, because of the experiences some of us might have had or the situations that we might find ourselves in, 
Some of us might not know or, or know or know even if we can contribute to society. But in Christ, God makes all things new. And in relationship with him, we discover his plan and purpose for each of us and how we're to outwork this through the work that he, does, that he has for us. You see, when we accept Jesus and become Christians in Christ, we are new creations. Our spirit becomes alive in Christ, and then we can see we were created for good works and for his glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When we are born again in Christ, we grow in knowing God and his purposes for our lives. And this is an ongoing process throughout our walk with God. Out of our relationship with God, we grow in new perspective about who we are and God's place for us in community and society. Because God, just as God placed Adam in the garden, God is intentional about placing us too. Recently, um, I got this new phone. I went from an iPhone to a Samsung, you know. I, I know. Don't shoot me down. I know, I know, I know. And I'm sorry, everyone. I just, it just, you know, it's a great deal. What am I going to say, you know? So I did that, right? And I've been, you know, I've been adding apps on my phone to make it work, you know, to, to make it function. And so just like, you know, we put these new apps on our, on our new phones, we're to install ourselves with the word of God so we line up to his way of thinking and understand his will for our lives. And so we become in our behavior who we truly are in Christ. And this isn't just for new Christians. This is for all of us. In the same way, you know, we're always needing to update the apps. You know, it says update, update, install, install, right? We're constantly to hold up the word of God like a mirror to show us who and how we're to be. Romans 12, um, Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. As new creations, God wants to reposition the way we think so that we don't think the way the world does but we see things and ourselves as God does. And this relates to everything, including how we connect, how we work, and how we contribute to society that we're in. So as we grow in our relationship with God and through community, we recognize and use the skills and abilities he has given us. We have an increased sense of purpose. We see ourselves as agents working for and with him to bring his order to community, and to society, and to the world. And it's in this context of relationships, in different contexts, whether it's business world, family world, church, community, that we grow in that deeper understanding of our skills. As others notice what's in us, they notice the strengths and the qualities that we might not see or know that we have. So God has fashioned it in this way, that he's placed us in community. God is relational. And we image him in being that way too. Now at Jubilee, we know that many people have encountered real barriers to employment. We see that, and for many different reasons. And so during the week, we run a Life College. How many of you have um, interacted with the Life College in some way? A few of you in here? It's 
So you run this live coaching, and it's, it's really it's a great way of helping people to understand the skills that they have, learn and develop new skills, and, and build confidence and esteem. And I've had the pleasure of working with some of our trainees from the catering course who worked at, at an event that we held, and it was just so good to see the students at work and, and the confidence and the meaning the work brought to them. And this is why we'll be transforming the front of our building into a cafe and home to our catering social enterprise called Full. So, with all of its profits going to be reinvested to support the community, because as well as serving great food, which we do serve great food, Full's primary passion is to train, inspire, and employ local people. You see, everyone is different and unique. God has wired us all differently to bring order to all things and to advance His kingdom, and so that means that there's a diversity of gifts and talents. There's the mathematical people, and I'm not one of them. There's the organised people. There's those who take care of people, those who transport people, those who create music, like our talented Casey, those who make people laugh. There is work and a place for all of us. God has given us. Skills for them to be put to work for His purposes. You see, through being you and outworking all that God has placed in you—the gifts, your personality, you know, all the talents that He's placed—it brings Him glory. It brings Him pleasure, and it means that we don't have to compare ourselves to anybody else. God works in us and can do abundantly more than we can even imagine through us, and we can see that in the early church. As some of the early Christians who followed Jesus were working in different work contexts, including business and the military, and they, they carried on their work that they were doing when they became Christians. As Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he carried on being one. Phoebe and Lydia were successful businesswomen who utilized their wealth to advance the kingdom. And I know there is often discomfort in talking about prosperity and wealth for some people, but God empowered these women to make wealth through their work to further His kingdom. And God today is still empowering Christians through business and enterprise to advance His kingdom and serve people. In some instances, God repositions people to do different work for His purposes, and it's all in His timing. So, for example. When one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, was he was a fisherman before he met Jesus. He left his work to follow Jesus, and became a fisher of men. And I doubt that he would have ever have imagined that he would, you know, preach to hundreds of people or that he would walk on the water that he used to fish from. But God sometimes repositions us to work in different ways for different seasons, at different times. So although a call from God. May or may not change what we do for a living. It always changes why we work. As followers of Jesus, we work above all to serve Him and not ourselves. And this is so countercultural, isn't it, to, to how the world thinks about work? There's, there's this temptation to enter into the world's mindset when it's it's about making money and, and status, and that becomes the focus and the priority. But God calls us to seek His kingdom first in all we do. Now, I'm not saying that money isn't important because it is. God provides work so that we can meet our needs. Only this week, I'm sure many of you saw the impact that the collapse of Thomas Cook had. How many of you were shocked about that? I was pretty shocked about that. 
And we saw thousands of people instantly unemployed and in financial turmoil. That dramatic loss of work impacted people and their finances all around the world. So it's clear that a key function of our work, that contribution, is to be able to provide. But what I'm saying is that we don't serve money or status. We're to trust in God and see our work being for him. You see, when things are financially tough, I know it's hard to keep sight of that truth. But God reminds us that he is our provider and will provide all of our needs. And because God provides us, and, uh, sorry, that he places us in community and society, he often works through us to provide the needs of others. So this is why we're to be walking in close relationship with God, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit so we can see the needs of other people who are around us. Because if we are all about our own business and not about our Father's business, our eyes won't be open to see what God really wants to do with, those, with us through our communities. As Christians, when we understand that all work is for and empowered by God, this should lead to a change in perspective in how we work. You know, as Christians, sometimes you know, we compartmentalize our faith. You know, we're Christians outside of work, and then you know, work is just work. You know? We hide away our faith and run, and then we pop up on Sunday. But we are kingdom carriers, his ambassadors, and we carry his presence everywhere we go. When we get this mindset, we commit our work to God, and, and he opens a door for us to do amazing things, and he does them through us. And we often put so much pressure on ourselves to perform and operate in our own strength, and then we forget that our skills and the abilities that we have and our strength doesn't come from us, it comes from God. So instead of looking at ourselves, we're to commit all we're doing to him, depending on him and obeying him. Now, James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And then in John 16.13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Now, sometimes we don't often apply these truths to our work, do we, sometimes? We, we kind of just struggle on. But God, but God wants us to apply these truths because the Holy Spirit is, is dwelling in us and we don't leave him at home when we go to work. He's with us all the time. So this is why it's important to know what the Word of God says because God has so much to say about all aspects of our lives, including our work. So, you know, as students, as you're writing your dissertation, you can be asking God for wisdom. Now, when you're about to make that presentation, you can ask for boldness and that God would be with your mouth. When there's a conflict at work, you can ask for insight and for peace. When you're in a meeting and you're meeting new people, you can ask for favor. And when you don't know what to do, we can ask for revelation. And then when God says to us we should desire spiritual gifts. That includes at work too. It's not just in church ministry here, it's, it's everywhere. So imagine being at a meeting at work and, and no one knew what to do. There was like, oh, what are we going to do? There's panic. But suddenly, you receive a word of wisdom from heaven and you know exactly what to do, just miraculously. Ta-da! 
If you're a doctor and you're trying to diagnose a patient, imagine God revealing to you through knowledge exactly what's going on with the person in front of you. Imagine being able to treat them effectively, quickly. See, work is the context that we outwork our faith, reflecting what God is doing in and through us. We're called to work as if working for God. So we work with integrity and honesty. And not just working well, you know, when our bosses are watching us, but working to the best of our ability for God because he sees everything. Now, he sees when, you know, when you're on your phone when you're supposed to be working. Now, he sees when you're posting on Facebook when we're in a meeting, you know, you think that no one can see, but God sees. He sees when we go to the stationery cupboard and we just swipe that pen and, you know, yeah, I'll take that. He sees. And eventually, others will see it too. You see, we're to be a witness of Christ at work, and this doesn't mean, you know, bringing out our Bible onto our desk and evangelizing to all at work when we're supposed to be working, or, you know, praying out loud in an open office, you know, office, because that would just be a bit weird, you know, just like just standing up and starting to pray. But what is it that, what is it that you are known for at your work? Are you known for kindness or for gossiping? for getting angry or for bringing peace? Are we known for being late every day or for being there on time? And it isn't about being perfect. I'm not saying that we are perfect people going around because that is just truly impossible. But what it's about is about putting your hands up when you have made a mistake and when you have done something wrong, about being accountable with our actions. Matthew 5, 16 says this. He says, it says, in, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You see, you may be the only Bible that someone sees. You may be the closest they have been to a church building. You are the church, and you are out there to be demonstrating the kingdom of God in all you do. And then when they see your good works, the way you do your work, they'll want to know more. Colossians 4, 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. We know that because of sin in this world, work can be tough. It's not always in our bed of roses. We can work with some challenging people. How many of you have worked with some challenging people? You've probably worked with some challenging, yeah, challenging circumstances, some stressful circumstances, some conflict. And I've been there, and it isn't easy. But God uses these challenges to develop our character. You see, life is a journey, and God uses the challenges of our work to develop our patience, build faith, and prepare us for what is ahead. Now we'll find ourselves stretched outside of our, com of our comfort zones, tempted to throw in the towel, or do something or say something that we shouldn't. We've all been there. But God says to us, you know, he is our ever-present help in time of need. So instead, we're to turn to him. And one of the crucial reasons that God places us in community is to receive the wisdom and the insight of others. Proverbs 19.20 says, get all the advice and instruction you can, so you'll be wise the rest of your life. You can check in with people and ask them, Am I seeing this right? Is this making sense? You know, Sue was just talking about growth groups. Where Sue was talking about growth groups. And it's in the context of growth groups that we can, we can chew these things over. You know, this happened at work. 
what do I do? How do I respond? I'm feeling this. And having the people around us means that we can discuss it and help each other. Now, we live in an age of independence and self-help. But some of us are dealing with real work issues, and I'd really just encourage you to, to talk to someone about them. It's all too easy to react out of our emotions, but God tells us his ways are not our ways. So we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so we can see things God's way and respond accordingly. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become wary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's, you know, let's not go weary. In the proper time, we'll reap the harvest. As we work for God, God works on us. And often this journey takes time. Like I said last time I spoke, I said, it's more of an old school oven than a microwave. We take one step at a time. Being faithful with what he gives us to do, he then opens the door for us to do more. He says, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. Can the band come up? So finally, now just as Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed this in John 17, 4. He said, he was praying to God, he said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Now just as Jesus was given work to do, we have been given work to do too. And it's out of that relationship with God that we truly know what his will is for our lives. Now, for some of us, we've made mistakes. But God can make that crooked way straight. You know when you're, when you're driving along and you're using Google Maps, and you're driving and you make that wrong turn, and then you have that relief that the recalculation happens, and you're you know, back on, on track? Now, I believe that God wants to bring some people back on track today. Now, for some of us, we've, we, we know there is a work that God is calling us into, but we haven't had the courage and the faith to step into it. But some of us, we're at a crossroads, and we've been there for some time, and we need clarity and faith for the next step ahead. And for some, we've been feeling pretty discouraged with work and really pretty close to throwing in that towel. But God still has work for you to do. For some people here, God has given you specific prophetic words over the years, and now is the time to respond to them and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And there are some who truly do want to work, but don't know where to start, whether it's serving in the life of the church or getting paid employment. In Hebrews 13, 20 to 21, the writer prays for the Hebrew people that God will equip them with every good, with every good thing for doing his will. So this means his grace, his strength, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to speak this passage as a benediction over us. And as I do that, I want you to be talking to God about what he is saying to you about work. It says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought, us up, brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will, 
May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Let's uh, stand together, shall we? God is speaking to us. Thank you so much, Alison, for opening the word of God to us. Can Amy, would you mind bringing up those verses that Alison's just read again? Would you mind just going back to that PowerPoint from Hebrews? I think there's power as we declare the word of God as Alison did that. He felt sense God's power again to help us. And many of us here are at different stages and Alison's been so helpful in helping us understand whether we're working or not working at the moment. But God is calling us to work, whether it's voluntary, whether to look for new work, whether to be a better witness in your work. And God is placing us in new opportunities to reveal him. So I want us, again, we're going to read this, I'm going to read this over you. And as we do that, allow God to speak to you, allow God to come to you. Some of us are in conflict over our work.